Hey there, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. When it comes to sketching in watercolor, I love capturing the light in things. Whether it's the shininess of a metal pot, the sparkly qualities of glass, or the reflection on a pair of sunglasses, it makes me happy to recreate those little bits of life as I see them. The result may not be exactly like a photograph would portray, but it's my own perception of the world that makes the final sketch appear. Equally, when I sit down to write a little something after making a sketch, the stories are a reflection of my perceptions as well the way I see the world, and also the mood that I happen to be in on that day. For me, my disposition doesn't range very much as I tend to stay typically positive, but it's difficult to sketch something shiny and not have a bit of that shininess rub off on my mood that day. And so I've found I'm not simply sketching the physical light I see in life, I'm also sketching the emotional light I see as well. That glowing feeling of being alive and thrilled about all of the possibilities that this world has to offer. No matter your age, there's always something wonderful and new to be discovered. And that's why I'll always love sketching light and life. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Watching Sunrises and Sunsets One of life's simplest pleasures is enjoying the beauty of the sun as it rises and sets. During the summer months, the sun tends to rise before I do, but as the latter part of the year approaches, the days get shorter, giving me the ability to enjoy both each day. Here in Kansas City, there's usually a bit more pink, but I only grabbed a few colors for the doodle wash. Although I enjoy the sunrise, the sunset is usually more memorable. Perhaps it's the memory of those days spent on vacation when the setting sun signaled the end of a lovely adventure and the promise of a fresh new day of discoveries ahead. Most likely accompanied with a lovely glass of wine, I used to be an avid photographer, and the time shortly after sunrise and just before sunset is referred to as the golden hour. That period of the day where the fierce light of the sun was softer, making a gorgeous glow that rendered everything in its path just a bit more beautiful. If one was just leaving work, this period of time is also referred to as happy hour and produces more flattering pics to post on Facebook. Today we traveled a bit to go to an annual family reunion about an hour and a half south of here. Between our city and our destination, there are only rolling fields of hay bales and occasionally clustering of cows and sometimes goats. But I'm not one who actually enjoys driving long distances. I appreciate the change in scenery but don't wish to be in a car while I enjoy it. I far prefer traveling by train where someone else is in charge of those things. The roads seem to stretch endlessly in rural areas, so it feels like you're making no progress at all. On a train, I'm perfectly content, but for some reason when I'm behind the wheel and responsible for moving forward, I become restless. Perhaps I'm still that little kid wondering, are we there yet? Even though I'm now driving and know the answer is an emphatic no. But even as my restless side gets irritated, there's another side of me that finds it all rather peaceful. The steady repetition and the glorious expanse of scenery is really quite fabulous. Life can get so incredibly tense at times that those moments of nothing much at all are a bit of a treasure. 
now we're back home again and having a quiet little evening with a bit of ratatouille and wine. Outside, the day has just moved into the golden hour and everything is peaceful and almost magical. The cicadas are singing that song they always sing that nobody quite understands and the light is slowly fading. This moment is absolutely perfect. It's a feeling of being suspended without care. I've no idea what I have to do later, or certainly tomorrow. For now, I'm content with just being in the moment I'm in right now. It strikes me that this is the feeling I should seek more often, one without worry or preconceived notions, a ridiculously simple feeling of knowing that no matter what is happening in the world, in this particular moment, everything is perfectly awesome. The golden rays of the sun are slowly beginning to disappear, and the night will soon take everything over from here. I guess it's no wonder why people feel such pleasure in the most amazing thrill of watching sunrises and sunsets. Wildly Curious for a prompt of squirrel once, I opted for a squirrel going nuts over an acorn. A few days before that, I had posted an illustration of our dog Phineas and his friends. The squirrel got sort of lost in the background. So I figured since Michael the squirrel is Phineas's best friend, he needed his own illustration. Michael comes to visit often, and it's quite fun to watch him just outside our kitchen window. If there was one word to describe this little guy, it would be curious. He's always looking through our flower pots while standing on two legs in the most adorable way, or crawling about reaching for whatever treasure he might find in his path. If we go outside, he doesn't run off, but just stops and stares in that same curious fashion. As I mentioned, I'm sure it might be a different squirrel on some occasions, but we like to imagine it's the same curious friend popping by for a visit. And I, for one, am quite inspired by Michael. He's a constant reminder to always look at the world with fresh eyes and grab for all the shiny acorns life brings. That would be acorns in a metaphorical sense, of course, unless you happen to be really into nuts like Michael. Part of the reason why we assume he and Phineas are best friends is that Phineas doesn't chase after him. If they meet up outside, they just stop and stare at one another and don't seem phased in the least. Once, while Phineas was outside and Michael was in a nearby tree, the squirrel did start shouting at him, but Phineas just pretended he didn't hear him. No doubt it was some quarrel over yesterday's poker game and Phineas's refusal to give Michael the nuts that he'd won in it. There's a glass door in our kitchen that leads outside and we'll often find Michael peering through the glass. Sometimes Phineas will wander over and they'll just stare at each other again as if communicating telepathically. Not surprisingly, Phineas gets bored first and will wander back and lay on the couch. Michael looks noticeably miffed, so he was most likely expecting an invitation to come inside, but he eventually wanders off in search of another nut. While I'm not entirely sure this is normal behavior for a dog and a squirrel, there's one thing that makes this unusual pairing possible. Their curiosity is apparently stronger than their fear. I think that's why I find this little relationship so inspiring. It's a wacky reminder to always push past my own fears and try new things. This is what I've been doing all month long, and in many ways, I guess this is my thank you to dear Michael. 
I've always thought of myself as a curious person, of course, but acting on that curiosity hasn't always been my next step. When it comes to my art, I have tended to stick to the things I know well and skip ideas where they require too many references or too much of my own imagination. I truly didn't think I had the talent to make a sketch from an idea that was in my head. As it turns out, by dutifully sketching stuff each and every day these past few years, I've got quite a visual database that allows me to fill in the gaps when references fail to deliver. I've still got lots of practice ahead, but it feels like I've made bigger strides forward. I can't give all of the credit to a squirrel, of course, but I can say that there's no better skill when it comes to making things than the simple act of staying wildly curious. My favorite shoes. These are the shoes that took me around while touring Southern California, so they were my favorite for at least those few days. Shown here in a loose three-color doodle wash, these berry topsiders were really quite comfortable, which was much appreciated while walking miles through the San Diego Zoo. These were new shoes, which can sometimes be a problem when not broken in properly. Once in Paris, I got far too excited about my new Lecoq Sportif shoes, and they caused a lovely blister about five miles in. Totally worth it, though, because they looked fabulous. These days, I tend to go for the most comfortable shoe I can possibly find that don't look hideous. Some form of sneaker is usually the shoe du jour, but with some little feature that makes them a little more interesting. My vacation was short, and today I was back to real life again. Re-entry is always a rather tough proposition, and I spent the greater part of the morning just trying to figure out where I was. Fortunately, we're back home safe now and enjoying a perfectly normal evening while our dog, Phineas, is passed out on the couch having spent the last few days at camp. Though getting away is a wonderful thing indeed, coming home in a much different way can often be just as wonderful. This morning when we picked up Phineas from boarding, the woman behind the counter said, oh, I'm going to miss his little yodel. Philippe and I looked at each other puzzled, as although Basenjis are known to produce a little yodeling sound, ours rarely has ever been so vocal. Apparently, there was another Basenji there during his stay, and they were chatting with each other at night. When they retrieved Phineas and returned him to us, he was wildly enthusiastic to see us, something that only happens when we've been gone a few days, and making noises as though rambling on about something. We'd never heard him so verbal, yet he seemed excited and happy about something. In the car ride home, he continued to chatter happily as though wanting to tell us all about the things that happened at camp. We sadly don't speak Basenji, so much of the description was lost on us, which he quickly realized and then just started to whimper sadly. Deciding to play along, I said, so tell us more about what you did at camp. He brightened and started yammering again, wagging his tail, another thing he never does at home, and stopped every so often with a face bearing a striking resemblance to a smile. Apparently, he had a lovely time as well, but his daddy's ignorant of Basenji parlance will sadly never quite know how thrilling the things were that transpired there. As I write this, he's now curled up in a ball on the couch, snoring softly, dreaming no doubt about all of the things that happened on vacation. Not long from now, Philippe and I will be doing the same. Well, not curled up in a ball, as it's been way too long since I've last done yoga, but I have a very similar feeling of contentment. 
happy to be home again and yet still thinking back to the fun adventures enjoyed just yesterday and before, a new intense set of memories that we'll look back on for years to come. Telling stories based on what we remember as they morph over time to become far more interesting than they probably were. We don't really lead a very exciting and thrilling life. It's rare to travel at all except the yearly trips to visit family. So moments like these become extra special. Still, home is definitely where we find the most peace and love, so it's a joy to be back again. There will be more adventures in the future, but for now we're just content to have our little trio back together again. But I know that next summer, as the weather gets warm again, I'll open my closet and discover a beautiful memory. About that time, I spent a lovely few days, not worrying over chores or deadlines, but simply taking a quiet stroll along the beach in my favorite shoes. A bit of grass. Once at the end of a month-long challenge, I had a prompt of grass, which could include any number of things along with it, but I opted to just toss a bit in a pot. Actually, when I see pots like this, they're usually fake grass and something you might find in Ikea. Not that there's anything wrong with that, half of our living room came from Ikea. And in truth, this is probably the best type of plant for me, as I've mentioned before, since I can't keep the real ones alive for any reasonable length of time. Since winter is still lurking where I live, green grass hasn't come back yet, and it's still just a sea of yellow amber and crunches under your feet when you walk. I'm so ready for spring and the triumphant return of green grass. Of course, if you live on a golf course, your grass is probably green all year long. I was reading an article recently about a guy who was upset because after all of the time he spent on his lawn, he still couldn't get it to look as manicured as a golf course. This was never a concern in my family when I was growing up. The lawn only had a couple different states that could be summed up as entirely dead or needing to be mowed. There were dandelions everywhere, bright yellow when they arrived, then turning into a mist of snowballs waiting to be wished upon. I thought it was so interesting and wonderful. The idea of a sea of perfect green seems a bit boring and unnatural in the end. Though we did have neighbors that took to the lawn course mentality, so I'm sure they were either dreadfully unamused by our lawn or felt wildly vindicated for their superior landscaping skills. If the latter, then to all my childhood neighbors, may I simply say, you're welcome. I've never attempted to live a life that had any sense of perfection to it. I'm not sure what makes something perfect, but when others point it out to me, it just seems perfectly dull. My life is erratic and messy and doesn't come with a proper day planner. It's built on urges and impulses that chase each other around in circles until out of the dizzying spin, one lone idea breaks free and charts a rough course for the others to follow. Those folks who seek perfection, like those with their ultra-green lawns, likely look at me in awe and with more than a little touch of concern. But still today, it's the little imperfections in life I find most interesting. Perhaps that's why I love watercolor so much, since it's completely impossible to ever be perfect. And when you set out to try your next new ambition, I do hope you'll approach it only with eternal glee and a sense of wonder. Life is so much more fun that way. I guess when I think about it, I might never understand why the neighbors of my youth felt like their lawn could actually define and elevate them. To me, back then and still today, it will always just be a bit of grass. 
like a hummingbird. For a prompt of motion once, I was stumped as to what to paint and finally ended up with a little hummingbird. I was trying to rush around doing a thousand things that day as ever and also felt a bit like one, so it seemed fitting. I tried this one very quickly, hoping for a looser style, but quickly learned that this is as loose as I get. These little things are in constant motion, and I read once that they have a heart beating at 1,260 beats per minute. This made me wonder how fast their wings flap, and it ranges quite a bit, but Northern American hummingbirds average about 53 beats per second in normal flight. This would explain why, when watching one fly past, it often simply looks like a little wingless bird body that is magically levitating. We have a few that happen by as the weather gets warmer, and seeing one fills me with inordinate delight. Like the totally giddy and excited ready-to-squeal kind. Well, I don't usually squeal, but it's really all I can do to avoid it. They're just so cool. I wanted to put a hummingbird feeder out this year to attract them, but even though we have nice days ahead, we also get crazy winds that would likely topple it to the ground at some point. One year, when we were in the mood and super ambitious, we had flowers and pots and planters all around our terrace. Yes, I know people do this naturally, but this was a big event for us. It was actually enough to enjoy a visit from a couple little hyper hummingbirds, and it was so much fun to see them. Later we realized that our neighbor had the foresight to put up the proper hummingbird feeder and they were really just slumming it at our place before moving on to the real attraction. Either way, it was lovely. Our dog Phineas is generally disinterested in birds, but these seem to capture his interest. He twitches his ears and moves his head as though trying to mimic the flight pattern. I think he sort of just regards them as monster moths, but it's still fun to watch. For those of us with normal heart rates, getting through the pace of a day can often seem overwhelming. So many things feel like they've been left undone and simply pile on the list of things to do the next day. I'm not nearly as organized as I'd like to be and am quite prone to forgetting things or simply forgetting that so many days have passed between things. So when I make a little painting each day, I feel like I've at least checked something off my list. Sure, the other things would normally rank higher in the list for a structured person, but for me, my little painting is enough to complete the day. I showed up and made something new. That in the end is a rather nice accomplishment. I'll somehow figure out how to get all of the other things done, but this one thing, the thing that makes my own heart beat miles a minute, is once again done. If, like me, you love making art and making new things, don't let anything ever stop you. Trust me when I say it deserves to be the first thing on the list if it's what your heart craves. The rest will always work itself out somehow. It's amazing what you can accomplish when your heart feels like it's beating over 1,200 times a minute, like a hummingbird. A Sparkling Life When thinking about bubbles for a prompt once, my mind first jumped to champagne, but wanting something with a bit more color, I opted for a craft of fruity mineral water. As many of you already know, I'm a huge fan of bubbly water. There's just something more fun and alive about this version. I also love that these carbonated drinks are called sparkling, as that's just a lovely word one might use to describe a diamond. I hope that when I get older, I'll be able to look back on my life and use a similar description. 
Amazing things don't have to happen every day, just a life filled with plenty of those little moments that, like little bubbles, make me smile. I've found that I don't have to worry about creating moments like this, I just have to watch for them as they appear. They're always there, like a refreshing drink, waiting to boost my spirits just a touch and make an otherwise ordinary day rather extraordinary. When I was a kid, literally everything captured my interest and made me happy. Every trip to a new place always turned into a field trip where I'd want to learn and study whatever I'd just experienced. This hasn't changed very much as an adult. Several years ago, after a trip to the botanical gardens, I was consumed with wanting to grow my own herbs. It was something shiny and new. This hobby was probably one of my shortest. As it turns out, I'm terrible at gardening, lacking both the skill and patience to keep things alive properly, which I'm told is a fairly important part of the process. But the lack of longevity didn't make it any less amazing. It was another shiny, happy moment where I just let myself get excited about something as though I were a kid again. That feeling of bubbly exuberance and excitement when trying something new is intoxicating, and those times are always the most memorable moments I've ever enjoyed. As I get older, there are so many things I've now already tried, and some I might not try again. But no matter how much I think I know now, I'm still amazed at how much more there is to discover. There are little happy bubbles everywhere, just waiting to climb to the surface and reveal themselves. I know I should make more intentional goals, but I always end up just riding the bubbles to see where they might take me next. So far, it's somehow worked out for me, most likely because things tend to work out best when I'm chasing my joy. Exciting things are always just around the corner when I allow myself to embrace them. And so, I may not accomplish all of the goals that pop into my head or do the long list of things I've imagined I would like to do, but in the end, none of this will ever really matter. At the very least, I'll be able to look back on all those little moments, big and small, and smile, knowing that through it all, I've had a sparkling life. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. 